You're listening to Movie Homework, brought to you by the Binge Media Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Jack and I am joined today, as always, by my co-host Chad C. What's going on, man? It's it's going and going, buddy. It's been a it's been a minute since we've had one of these shows, like a month at this point. We're mm. slacking. Life gets in the way, you know. Schedules don't line up. Shit happens, but yeah, it's like you know, all of a sudden the actors decide they're going to go back to work, and uh, our dance cards both <laughs> fill up. It's weird how that works, you know. But, but yeah, so. Uh, yeah, it's been a little while. Our last show was Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, no, no uh, secret at this point. It's a favorite of both mine and Chad's. So that was a that was a fun show. Um, really love that movie and love talking about it. So if you haven't heard that yet, go back and give that a listen. Um, originally, we had planned to cover this content uh, a lot earlier. Uh, th- this is uh, an episode talking all about Martin Scorsese's Scorsese shorts, which were released on. Criterion, uh, sometime I think in the last calendar year, it might even be two years ago, if memory serves, but um, to coincide with the release of Killers of the Flower Moon, but we uh, we shifted a little bit and then, you know, life got in the way, but here we are finally talking about these uh, these short films, so um, yeah, something that's been on my uh, on my, my docket of stuff to watch for, for some time, um, not that I have seen every Scorsese film yet, Still a few there that I uh, I don't know why I just haven't made the time for, but um, but Chad, were any of these films on your docket, or was it just kind of hey let's watch them because why not sort of thing? So I've seen Italian American before a couple times. That's the only one of these that I had seen. Uh, I've always known about American Boy. I know Tarantino's a fan of that. I know like the Safdie brothers are a fan of that, um, and of course I mean, I've, I've been aware of it. These other three, his like really earlier stuff, I had never seen, but I I knew about them as well. Like, it's just a matter of yeah, getting around to them. And I know they're pretty easily available on YouTube. And I was just being a lazy piece of shit. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Scorsese is my favorite director, and uh, I just didn't get around to uh, watching these shorts until uh, recently. But that's what the show's for. So yeah, sometimes you need an excuse for this stuff, right? And this is a good one. <laughs> exactly. Uh-oh. But yeah, so the the five short films are, uh, I I have them listed here in no particular order. I probably should have done it in chronological, but oh well. Um, It's Not Just You, Murray, What's a Nice Girl Like You Doing in a Place Like This, The Big Shave, American Boy, I think the subtitle is A Profile of Stephen Prince, and Italian American. Um, And all five of these, like I said before, were released on Criterion Blu-ray, so you can find them there. As Chad mentioned, that you can also find them on YouTube. And, you know, each of them is a little bit different. Um, For our purposes, we're going to be talking about this a little differently than we normally do. Uh, Superlatives don't really apply to these. Um, Documentaries, short films, they're not... There's not enough to chew on there. You know, short films are typically, like, short little ideas or... Or these, you know, documentary subjects. Sometimes you can find narrative documentaries, but these don't really follow that kind of structure either. They're more conversational and sort of observational. Um, so, you know, Chad, you've reached out to me on this, but I, I think, you know, we kind of collectively made the right call that uh, trying to say, like, best use of music in one of these is just, it doesn't, I don't know, mm-hmm. it doesn't quite fit. But, um, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I can't casting swap someone. I don't know who the fuck they are. Right? I mean, yeah, like, I don't, pretty much. I don't know this guy, right? <laughs> Although I will say, if I was going to casting swap with anybody, this would only make sense to me. But Scorsese's mother is almost a spitting image of my grandma when she was here, and, and it's just like okay. it's crazy whenever she pops up in movies. Um, you know, my grandma died her. She she lived to like ninety four or ninety five dyed her hair brown every mm-hmm. week with her sisters um you know so so that was the only difference but she had the thick glasses she was italian she made the meat gravy every sunday she kind of talked the same way like it's it's nuts how similar they are so 
Um, that would have been my casting swap, but it only would have made sense to me. So, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, so I don't know, I guess we'll, we'll start with, uh, you know, I'll ask you a question. Um, out of the five shorts here, which one of them was your favorite? I think by far Italian American. I, Mm. like I said, I've seen that one a few times and I, I just think Catherine Scorsese, like she's so charming. She's so funny. Like, I mean, Scorsese knows what he's doing with her. Like, it's, it's just like, all right, I'm going to zero in on this. Like, just even their chemistry that she has with the husband. She's like, you know, she's like, why? <laughs> when they're sitting on the couch and shit, just the, the banter back and forth. And she knows, yeah, yeah she's just, ha- she knows she's on camera too and plays it up. Yeah, I love, I love that short. I, I've always really liked that uh, a lot. So, um, yeah. yeah, easily for me, that stood out. And it, it's all, all content. I need to rewatch that. I mean, it's 49 minutes, and yeah, it's just, it's really, I don't know, it's just very heartwarming, and uh, yeah, it's just cool to see Scorsese with his, his mom and dad in a very intimate space like that, so. Yeah, well, um, I'm, I'm kind of glad we're starting there, because I, I think something else that I really like with Italian-American is that it is, like, if you're a fan of Scorsese's work, you have seen both of his parents throughout his filmography, so mm-hmm. of all of these shorts, to me, this one feels like almost bonus kind of behind the scenes footage from any of his movies, you know, and and to see where his perspective comes from, you know, his uh, turns of phrase, the way that he presents himself, the way he talks with his hands in that very specific Italian way, Mm -hmm. but in a way that his mother does. It's, it's very cool to see. I don't know the, 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 the way that he's embodied both of them in, in different aspects and different performances or interviews or things like that. Um, yeah, I, I was really, I was really engaged with this one. I think the most American boy has some moments that are really interesting too. Um, for sure. You know, I, no. I, re- I really like that, that guy, that Steven Prince guy. He's just, he's just a character and you can sort of, see shades of I don't want to say Travis Bickle but like the type of person that's on the fringes of polite society that Scorsese Mm -hmm. would do so much with in you know King of Comedy or Taxi Driver or even Bringing Out the Dead Um, I don't know I I felt like there were shades of some of his his, you know characters in that guy and that was really interesting too well yeah I mean for, yeah, for those who don't know, Stephen Prince is the guy who sells him the gun in Taxi Driver. Um, right. He, yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, I mean, you can definitely see that. I mean, and the kind of the friendship that, like, Scorsese has with him, too. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's 100%. Because, I mean, the guy is, Prince is, I mean, he's he's all, I mean, he, all over the place. But he's also very charming in a way. Like, right. it's, you can't tell, like, I mean, some of the stories are so ridiculous. But he also... I don't know. It's like a, like a groundedness to it, almost that you're like it's yeah. really sincere coming from him. It's uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. There, there's some real good moments. I mean, they just like from the second he walks in the door and starts fucking wrestling with that guy, they're just I know just going at it. <laughs> well, he reminded me a lot of uh, a member of my own family who I won't mention on a recording, just so that I, I can protect this person's <laughs> anonymity. Um, but somebody that I'm related to who is very much a salesman and this person's been a salesman the entire time I've known them and the way that they have a real talent for walking into a room and you know, they came from a different era than the one that we're currently in. And this person is not too adept with modern technology and not aware that you can look up anything that you want to know with a device that sits in your pocket. So this person is incredibly charismatic, very kind, very, you know, decent person, but a salesperson through and through charismatic to a T and will always say whatever this person needs to, to win the room and be charming and likable and funny. But maybe, you know, if you know where to look, you know that a hundred percent of what they're saying is bullshit. And you're, you're, you're okay with it because they're coming from like a harmless place. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you also know that it's a bit pathetic that they have to make up those stories just to, just to be socially relevant. Um, so yeah, I, I, I caught a little bit of that with Steven Prince. I I don't know 
what, like you said, I don't quite know what to make of all of his stories. I think that some of them have kernels of truth, but yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know. There's there's too much wacky shit for it all to be uh, on the up and up, in my opinion. But um, but yeah, one of the things I like about American Boy, though, and it, it's an Italian American as well, but you get Scorsese in that interacting with a friend. You get to see him thinking about how he's filming something. Um, you know, there are a couple times where he, he, like, I don't know if it's breaking the fourth wall in a documentary, but, he, you know, uh, you know, note to the editor, cut this part out, stuff like that. You know, he's, he's kind of mm-hmm. thinking through in the moment how it's how the, the finished product will be presented. Um, I, I really like that. I, I like him, too, as a personality. Um, the nice thing about Scorsese's career is that he pops up in a lot of his films, so you get a sense of, of who he is in some of his documentaries and obviously some of his acting performances, like in Taxi Driver and, um, you know, some, some of his other films. But, yeah, there's just a lot to, to chew on um, with, with both of those, those documentaries. Um, that makes it so much... It's so interesting that the other shorts that are kind of packaged together with this set are so different. Um, oh yeah. You know I, the the one that I, I kind of want to talk about first is the big shave, just because it is such a, a almost like experimental concept film. Um, I think it's mm-hmm. five minutes long, if that. And yeah. the whole thing is just a guy going to the mirror, uh, getting ready to shave, and then shaving and cutting himself, and continuing to cut himself, and cutting himself some more, and just a deluge of blood all over him by the end of it. My understanding is that this is some sort of metaphor for the Vietnam War. Um, I don't... That That's fine. It might have meant more back then. But to me, this is just... Uh, it's a concept. It, it, I, I didn't get much out of this. I mean, it, w- did you have any thoughts on this one way or the other? Uh, yeah, it almost just felt like it was a color study type for him, right? He's, like, experimenting with the color and the blood and everything. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, this... I, I, I don't know. I have a... I, I handle I can handle a lot of like weird horror shit, you know, just some fucked up shit. But there's something about like peeling of skin that just uh, it just doesn't do it for me. So I was sure. not a big fan of this one. And like yeah. I mean, it's like the 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 leg shaving scene in Cabin in the Woods or not Cabin in the Woods, uh, fucking oh, Cabin uh, Fever. Cabin. <laughs> it's like I yeah, Eli Ross. It's like that shit just makes me like like cringe. <laughs> so yeah. it's like a little bit of this. I see skin coming up. I don't know something about it. So yeah, I'm not a big fan of this one. Honestly, I'm. All three of these first, I I I probably won't wa- rewatch most of these. Um, I think that's fair. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's I, like but at the same time, these are like student. For the, these are his, you know, he's he's learning shit. I mean, that's it's a lot of these <laughs> these first shorts for anyone, anyone that's a, a legendary director. You know, it's yeah. You're, I, you're, I mean, you're becoming a director. The thing that I I paid attention to most with these was, and I think it was more so with the other two than the Big Shave. Um, just to, to, I don't know, uh, close the, the loop on the big sheave. The good things in that to me were that I thought the blood looked very good. And I thought that the Mm -hmm. blood effects coming off the razor looked really good. So if that was all, you know, if that was his main goal was just to like get that looking correct on film mission accomplished. It's, it looks good. Yeah. There's like, there's like too much blood, but at the same time, the execution of like making that look realistic, I think it was pretty successful. Um, so as far as like a small concept film or whatever, that's fine. Um, the other two films I actually found pretty interesting. Now I, I will agree with you. I don't think that I would watch them again because there's not much to them, but the things that I found interesting, um, particularly in what's a nice girl like you doing in a place like this, his use of editing Dolly shots, camera movements, and and lighting, very advanced for a, a student film. Essentially, um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, there was some sh- some of the cinematography in this were shots that he would go on and use in Goodfellas. There were shots that he used in Raging Bull, um, stuff that I recognized almost immediately. Um, the idea is funny. I, I, I rewatched Fight Club a little while ago, and. Um, there's a shot in this that reminded me of fight club where he's showing a room and he's jump cutting as furniture and uh, pieces of the room are being put together essentially and like added to the space. 
And uh, it reminded me a little bit of the, the Ikea scene in Fight Club. You know, different type of scene, but I don't know. There were, the technique was there, you know. It was, it was like a filmmaker trying to figure out the most interesting way to visually get an idea across in that. Um, I, I really liked that. I liked in It's Not Just You, Murray, the way that... It, you know, some cartoon labels on the gin bottles, but the way he showed that, like, oh, these guys were bootlegging alcohol. They made some money together. And he was using uh, narration and two characters interacting with one another in two separate settings in interesting ways. Um, so that technique-wise, I thought that they were pretty engaging and, and honestly better than a lot of shorts that you usually see. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's like even the saying of like even a bad or not great Martin Scorsese short is better than my, like again. It is true though because these are definitely. Um, I mean, you can tell it's uh, someone that's going to matter in the making. I don't know. It's like it's yeah. I mean, I, I liked uh, it's not just you, Murray, a little more than I liked uh, it's a nice girl like you doing in a place like this because just mm-hmm. because of kind of the mobster element, you see yeah. the beginnings of uh, of that and what eventually becomes of you know his movies and it's kind of testing. This guy gets like on oh, my two hundred dollars suit and see this car. It's right. this. It's like this mobster becoming exactly. No uh, seeds of Goodfellas and so, all that stuff. But, mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, and, and then there were also it was cool to see him dropping film references in his short films. So the end of that short, where all the characters are dancing around the car in a circle, um, mm-hmm. I think it's a reference to. I think it may be a dual reference actually. There's a scene in Eight and a Half where all of the characters in Guido's life are sort of dancing around and holding hands. And I think it's, it's more directly a reference to that. But at the same time, there's also a similar scene where characters are holding hands and dancing, I think while walking down a hill in the seventh seal. Um, So the fact that he was kind of pulling those references in this short film, it's exactly what I would have done. I would, you know, tried to like show your geek bona fides. Right. But um, mm-hmm. just cool to see like a master of cinema paying homage to other masters of cinema at the same time, um, while trying to, you know, get his career going. I, I don't know. It was, it was a cool little connection that I saw there, but, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know what else we can really say about these. You know, I, I expected to have a, a better conversation around these films, but the, the problem with them is that they kind of just are what they are. And I think the best thing that I no. can say is that I was glad that I watched all five of them. I do Definitely. think that I will rewatch Italian American. And I think I'm going to rewatch American boy again. Um, mm-hmm. And that if you're a big Scorsese fan, I think that there is a lot to like here. There's a lot to see and a lot that's interesting that will may, maybe reinforce or make you appreciate stuff you've seen in his movies in a different way. Um, so for that alone, I, I I don't really know if I want to rate these, but I, I think I want to recommend them to anybody who likes his work. I mean, how do you feel about them? Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. For Scorsese fans or anything, I mean, these are definitely must-watches. I mean, check them off your list. I, it's same. I, I, I will re-watch Italian American, and I definitely will, if not re-watch some of the, the stories that Stephen Prince tells for American Boy. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, these are they're. they're I mean, they're in, yeah, Italian Americans forty nine minutes. I think American Boys like fifty five or something. I mean, they're yeah. quick watches, and these other ones are like sixteen minutes or less. So, yeah, yeah, you can, I, you can watch definitely all worth of these in, in like the span of a two hour movie, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. So maybe maybe like two twenty or something like that. But but yeah. Um, so I, I I know what you're thinking as a listener here. Oh wow, that's a really short episode. There wasn't much content there, and uh, I think Chad and I were thinking the same thing. So you know what? Fuck it. Uh, let's just do Killers of the Flower Moon. Here's the trailer. This wealth should come to us. Their time is over. This is going to be another tragedy. When this money started coming, we should have known it came with something else. They're like buzzards circling our people. We're still warriors. I ought to kill these white men who killed my family. 
swerve but i think we made the right choice here because nobody on the site has talked about this movie at all and i i don't know i think we're the right guys to do it so i would agree with that yeah. all right yeah, no, so we've not really even talked about this at all between the two of us so it's, it's no good to get the sound yeah no so i think we'll we'll be hashing some things out here but yeah so um killers of the flower moon it's in theaters as we speak uh, it will be on Apple TV Plus at some point, although I don't think the date's been officially announced yet. Uh, okay, so here's here's my background with it. I'm a Scorsese fan. Uh, DiCaprio, De Niro, Scorsese. I'm done. I don't care what the movie's about. I don't care how long <laughs> it is. I mean, I don't, I don't give a shit. This movie could be the My Little Pony movie. I don't fucking care. Like, that's all I need. Um, you know, Irishman, three and a half hour movie. Killers of the Flower Moon, three and a half hour movie. So he's uh, he, he's he's really using the runtime in his latter years here. Uh, but uh, very well known book about the birth of the FBI called Killers of the Flower Moon, and the book famously has a kind of a different perspective than the movie does. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a ton to to get into in regards to you know cultural appropriation and um who has the right to tell whose story at the end of the day there's a lot there but i want to start with uh just the dicaprio and de niro of it all so dicaprio at this point has made what seven or eight films with scorsese i want to say this is their their sixth collab i believe this is sixth okay six for them and then 10th for de niro yeah so staggering amount of continuity between director and actor pretty wild that the three of them didn't get together until now given the length of time that they've been separately working with one another um Mm -hmm. but really glad that it was this story that they got together on um as great as they are i think that lily gladstone in this is pretty phenomenal um i think she's a shoo-in for a best supporting actress oscar and I think that the thing that really sells that to me is the fact that she shares the screen with DiCaprio and De Niro, and in many of those scenes, she's actually the most magnetic person in the scene. Uh, I think that's pretty impressive, given the, the 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 status of everybody on set that day, you know? Um, Absolutely. But a lot here. Uh, Robbie Robertson's final film score before he died. Um, just a lot of good stuff. You got to see this in the theater, you know, I think a week or two before I did, but initial reactions to this. So in the first, I've seen this twice now. I okay. watched it the first time, liked it, but I was like, yes, it's very good. It's a really good movie, but it's like middle tier Scorsese. It's not upper echelon Scorsese. It's what I thought okay. I was first watch. I also, the screening I was at, at the exact pretty much three hour mark tornado siren went off so we had about like a 20 minute pause in between uh three and a half hour movies so that was only and then during that 20 minute stretch i'm like you know checking emails and then the last hour i'm just like oh shit thinking about the emails for the last hour so made a mistake there Mm. second watch i was like all right this is a lot better (laughs) i mean this is like not a lot better but it's second watch I, i i really i don't know something really clicked with it on second watch for me yeah. Um yeah, I mean exactly what you said. I mean Gladstone is an absolute revelation in this movie. I mean she is just phenomenal. I cannot wait to see what she does next. I mean give her the fucking Oscar now. Like she she absolutely deserves it. Um but yeah, I mean I think this is a great De Niro performance too, man. I mean he's you know for all the bad grandpa, dirty grandpa, whatever the shit. I mean all these yeah, war with right. grandpa, all these movies he's made in his later years. I mean it, to be a performance of this, like the like what he delivers here, I think is just fucking spot on. Like he he's just such a terrible human, but it he delivers it with this like it's it's that weird, you know, like uh, making these villains relatable or something of that nature. But he's just I don't know. He I think he's fantastic in this movie, and you know the 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 fucking 
process the de-aging shit in the irishman i think yeah. Yeah. alex always gives de niro shit in the later years i think but i don't sure. know this is this is one of those movies that i think you can point to this as his elder years of like dude he's still got it he's still got it <laughs> yeah he at least he's basically he's basically playing satan in this movie um mm-hmm. you know he's he's completely charismatic but from the moment you see him he lays out his intentions he's like yeah this wealth should be coming to us and uh, you should probably marry into the family and and, and that's like that's, that's kind of jarring you know I, I think you expect to walk into a movie like this and have um i don't know be be able to relate to characters like DiCaprio and De Niro because of their stature like why else would they be in the movie um mm-hmm. not having read the book and not knowing exactly where the story's going had an inkling De Niro might be a villain, but I didn't realize DiCaprio also was one and sort of just like a, a complicated, I don't want to call him a shyster character, but just sort of a, a child, like waiting to be told what to do at all times, you know? Yes, um, absolutely. But, but yeah, man, this movie is evidence that when De Niro wants to turn it on, he absolutely can't. Like he's, nope. he still is one of the great actors and he just knows when he needs uh, to get a paycheck, I guess, is what it comes down to. So, um, <laughs> yep. Got to pay yeah. for that yacht somehow. You know? Absolutely. Well, yeah, you, just had, you just had another kid, though, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> probably going to need some funds for that as well. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that this is a, a really interesting cast. I mean, one thing that Scorsese does in this movie that's kind of interesting, and I'm not sure what the through line is, but he has four... Um, musicians in bit parts in this movie. So he's got Jason Isbell as Bill Smith. He's got Sturgill Simpson as, I want to say his name was like Harry Greg Gregson or something. Um, sort of like a cowboy character. Uh, Charlie Musselwhite is in there. And then Jack White has a, a cameo. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if that was just a uh, you know a, a fringe benefit of of filming in Oklahoma and those guys just happened to be around or what, but um, maybe something interesting there. But but yeah, I, so for a three and a half hour movie that in the first ten minutes tells you what the intentions are of the characters, it makes it really interesting to see this dynamic of of uh, Molly and Ernest, who's DiCaprio's character. And sort of try to like deconstruct whether or not they were really in love. Um, I found that fascinating because I didn't really feel watching it once that I had a good grasp on what that relationship was or like what it was supposed to be. You know, um, mm-hmm. it seems it seems complicated in a really I don't know really deep kind of way. Um, I, I don't know if you had a, a reaction to that particular aspect of the story or not. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, second view, I was probably pretty similar to that first. The second viewing, you, I mean, he starts, you know, he starts feeling bad and he starts taking the poison himself. I think he did. Yeah, I think he loved, loved her, right? I mean, and he's just such a buffoon. He's yeah. just, he's so caught up with like, I mean, what is he going to do? Betray his uncle? And I mean, yeah, he, I think at the end of the day, though, Ernest, yeah, he, he they were in love. Uh, they had three kids, and you know mm-hmm. she still wanted. I think she still wanted to stick by him at the end, but he just wouldn't admit to it, and that's when she's like, "All right, peace out." <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I think that that dynamic. Yeah, yeah, I, I think the second second viewing kind of hammered that home for me at least. Yeah, interesting. I'll, I'll be looking forward to that because I yeah, it was I I hadn't really I don't know. I, I haven't seen a, a, a relationship like that in a film in, in a while, you know, it's something that was so like yep. deeply, I, I don't want to like say fucked up, but it just is. It's like, it's a really fucked up situation. Um, but you know, it, it obviously makes for a lot of interesting dramatic stuff in the movie. I mean, there's so many moments where, you know, the white men who have, who have like moved into this area are so blatant about what they're doing. You know, the one cutaway of, the woman holding her baby and the guy just walks outside, shoots her in the face and takes the baby in Mm -hmm. and, you know, just drops the gun next to her to make it look like she shot herself. It's broad daylight in a neighborhood. I mean, the amount of shit these people were getting away with was absolutely ridiculous. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Oh yeah. But, uh, but yeah, 
just a, I don't know. With Scorsese in his later years now, with the Irishman feeling like this epic that that's almost commenting on some of his earlier gangster films, I felt like this was him attempting to, I don't know, put his stamp on a different aspect of American crime um, and really sort of make something meaningful and observant of, like, the Osage Nation's tragedy with this. You know, the fact that so many of these people were were murdered, um, lives were lost, fortunes were, were, you know, stolen from these people. Um, I actually heard an interview with Lily Gladstone on, I want to say the Empire Film Podcast, where she was talking about the fact that a lot of these funds that were confiscated from the Osage nations were essentially kept by the government without explanation of where they were going and then used to fund foreign wars and things like that um, w- without like a real accounting of, of what happened there. So it's, it, I don't know, it's as one of the premier American filmmakers, I really appreciate the fact that Scorsese took the time to make a film about Native Americans and, and what, you know, some of the, the injustices that they've faced. Um, I just think it makes him so much more of a well-rounded artist and filmmaker. Um, I, I don't know. I was just impressed by that alone. Yeah. I mean, this is, I think I, I didn't know anything about this story, to be honest. I mean, it's, same. I didn't know. I didn't know about the like the fact that they were assigned guardians to control their money and shit. It's so fucked yeah. up. Like it's just yeah, it's so fucked up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, like, this is a, a very important story to tell. I mean, it's uh, yeah, we can get into the fucking oh, this white guy adapting for this, this, and this. But it's like, was this movie going to get made if Scorsese didn't make it? I mean, I, right? Like, is this story going to be out there and told without his prowess and everything to get it funded by Apple and all? Like, that's a whole other conversation, but. Yeah, I, yeah. I, for not knowing anything about this, I think this is definitely an important story for at least people to see about, yeah, fucking American greed and, I mean, just uh, yeah. absolute douchebaggery. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah if, if there's any um, issue that people have with the fact that Scorsese is the person who made this this movie, I think it's important also to recognize that the book is told from the Jesse Plemons character's perspective and is it in... Mm-hmm. in you know, a true crime investigation of what happened here. And you don't necessarily know that Ernest and, uh, what's his name? Bill? William? Is that De Niro's character? In any case, De Niro and DiCaprio. You don't necessarily know that they're the culprits behind what's going on until later in the book, according to what I've read. Um, the fact that Scorsese and DiCaprio recognized that this was a, a Native American story and they retooled the whole script to do that, I think is... I don't know. It's 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 as as important of a detail of the making of this movie as any other. Um, yeah. You know, well, because did you? I, I don't. Did you mention that already? Like that, DiCaprio was originally playing the Plemons character, right? And that's like you said, it was centered around. It was coming from the FBI perspective, which is a whole other movie, right? If DiCaprio, the say lister, is in that role, it's a whole flipped thing. But then yeah. the fact that they recognized, yeah, I want to play the Ernest character. Yeah, that that's its own i mean yeah i think yeah i I don't i just can't think of other there's not a lot of a-list actors i don't think that would necessarily put themselves in this type of a role (laughs) like you're right Right. it's like it's this despicable dude but he's also kind of lovable (laughs) i can't it's he's just dopey it's it's good i think oh absolutely you know just kind of fell into like he was a cook in the army like okay like (laughs) you didn't even see battle like what it's just pathetic but, but yeah, I mean, but how many times have we seen the movie where, you know, if you flip it and DiCaprio's the one investigating these murders, like, that's a two-hour thing, and we've seen that movie before. I can't really remember seeing a dissection of, like, truly evil motherfuckers just, just insidiously marrying their way into wealth and, and getting away with it, you know? That, that's such an interesting angle that I think made for a way better finished product than what might have been in, in, you know, other circumstances. Well, yeah, yeah, it's like the even same thing that like the Bill Smith character, the uh, Jason Isbell, it's like he's doing this investigating of who's murdering it, but he's going from sister to sister too. So he's got, you know, underlying things going on, (laughs) other motives too. So it's, yeah, Yeah. there's just a lot of scumbags in this movie. (laughs) 
Yeah. I, I really like that aspect of it, that it, that most of the characters in this film are just fucking assholes. I mean, the one guy... God, what was his character name? It was like uh, Morrison, I think, when he asks about murdering his wife and collecting the insurance money or like the inheritance going to him and not his ch- her children or something and and then then him just saying like yeah well i'm not gonna do it unless i get the money or something it's just like what yeah. the fuck like <laughs> did you just say that out loud dude <laughs> but pretty incredible i would uh i'd be remiss if i didn't mention ty mitchell uh this guy he's only been in four movies the he's the guy that uh ernest is trying to hire to kill the the oh, uh, Native yeah. Americans, so we can get the life policy. The one with the one eye. That dude is fucking great in this movie. He's like, he's so perfect for a western. Like he's just oh, this yeah. one-eyed, uh, just grimy-looking dude. But it's he's so perfect in this movie. He, he was apparently in True Grit in two thousand ten. I guess I don't. Oh damn! Okay. In a while since I've seen that movie. Yeah, but yeah. He has four credits on his uh, his IMDb, but he's fantastic <laughs> in this. He's straight from the uh, Danny Trejo school of of just like amazing faces to put in a movie. Yep, uh, just, just <laughs> so much character on that guy. But. I feel like there's a lot of those in this. So like they found some of the most like weird looking fucking white guys imaginable that have like no necks or they're just like yes. <laughs> oh no, they're just weird. But yeah, it's a lot great, of country great, uh, club. Casting. Yeah, a lot of country club goers. A lot of uh, a lot of guys who like mayonnaise on their sandwiches. Put it that way. So. Um, yeah, a lot of that, but all right. Well, um, I had a really good time with this movie. I, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, I don't know exactly where I would rank it in Scorsese's, uh, filmography yet. I feel like it needs a couple more watches, but, um, mm-hmm. but I guess this is a, as good a time as any to jump into some superlatives. Um, I've got a few here, so let's just kick it off. The Cupka. That's that dude. Scene stealer cameo. Uh, Chad, why don't you go first? What do you have for this? I already mentioned it. I Lily Gladstone steals every fucking scene she's in as Molly Kyle. I yeah, she's great. I, I I've never seen her in anything before this, and uh, I will be uh, there for the next movie she's announced in. Yeah, I think she's a shoe in. I know. I think she should she should win the Oscar yeah. uh, absolutely for this. I think she's great. What about yeah, you? She's she's great in this. Love her. Love. A lot of the performances in this movie, um, my my scene stealer actually is Martin Scorsese. Um, wow. I think he he literally arrives at the end of this movie, ends the movie in a way I've never seen a movie end before, and I think has the most important line of the whole thing. Um, I think it's so interesting, so creative. And, uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I think I'm going I'm to talk about it in another superlative. But, yeah, I, I was very, very, very impressed by the end of this movie. So um, Awesome. All right, The Valley. Well, fucking what the fuck? Punchable face. So you mentioned motherfuckers with no neck. Well, <laughs> I'm going with Jason Isbell. So here's the thing. I don't know Jason <laughs> Isbell. I don't listen to his music. He looks like a fucking chode. I don't know what to tell you. His character is sort of a slimy cocksucker. Um, but yeah, he just, uh, I just want to, I just want him, want, I don't know if I want to be the one to do it because like my hands make me money, but if somebody could just, you know, sock him right in the face, like just a square shot, I, w- I wouldn't be upset about it. So. Well, Jack, we're of like minds because my uh, punchable face is motherfucking Jason Isbell, as Bill Smith. <laughs> I Why just I've never liked the guy. I've never liked the guy's music. I think he's very punchable. I think he's actually decent in this movie though. He's not bad. He's not a bad actor in yeah, this movie. I, I agree. Um, yeah, that face is just, it's so punchable. It's so what, punchable. What and, uh, music does he play? Like I don't even know what he plays. It's it's it's, it's uh it's like Americana type shit. Um I, I uh he's he's been in a few Roots and Blues festivals that uh Mr. Alex who started this site and I have attended throughout the years and I know that yeah, he's got a huge fan base though. People fucking love that guy, but it just doesn't do it for me. Not my, not my shit. So, fair enough. All right, the Ammon. Tell me something about something I was reading about. Best quote. What do you have here? So, I was, I was just trying to think back of like good quotes from the movie, but 
I don't know. For some reason, the can you find the wolves in this picture from the trailer just stands out because yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Everybody's just dirtbags and they're all fucking wolves in sheep's clothing. So I don't know. That one stands out to me. I, don't, I didn't really have a great one for this one. What about you? I, uh, I love that you chose that line because it's, first of all, it's a great line. And in the trailer, it, great trailer, absolutely fantastic trailer. But in the movie, when that scene pops up, I was laughing because, I mean, I understood the context in the trailer, but to understand just how fucking stupid Ernest is, <laughs> to, be, to be, like, looking at a picture book, and he's, he's not, you know, pun not intended here, but, like, he is earnestly trying to, to, to read it. It's just, like, that's beautiful. <laughs> so, uh, it's a great choice. I actually chose some of Scorsese's lines from the end of the movie. In fact, I think these are the final lines in the movie. But um, but it goes, Mrs. Molly Cobb, 50 years of age, passed away at 11 o'clock Wednesday night in her home. She was a full-blood Osage. She was buried in the old uh, cemetery in Grey Horse beside her father, her mother, her sisters, and her daughter. There was no mention of the murders. And that, to me, that's just like the thesis statement of this movie. Um, this tragedy occurred. Nobody gave a shit. It was basically swept under the rug, and it's a part of American history that is being intentionally uh, overlooked and forgotten. And the fact that Scorsese cast himself as the person to say that line at the end of the movie, just from an artistic perspective, to me, I, 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 I respect him so much for doing that. I cannot think of another American filmmaker more important than Martin Scorsese. He's the man. Uh, so for him to do this at his age is, uh, yeah, I, I, I love the guy for it. I really love the guy for it. I thought it was a perfect, uh, nightcap to the film. So, I mean, I love it. I mean, we're, it's gonna We're just going to sound like fanboys, but dude, we're like, he, the dude's 81. We're so blessed that this dude's like still making these type of event movies still. I mean, I, I said this in 2013 with Wolf of Wall Street when the dude was exactly you know, 71. I'm like, exactly. this is like the most young man film I've ever fucking seen. And the dude's 71 making that movie. Like, it's, it's crazy, man. I mean, yeah, I absolutely yeah. love the guy. He's fucking yeah, fantastic. <laughs> you know, and the thing that I have to respect him for more and more is... And, and I'm going to take a minute here while we're in the middle of the superlatives to say this, but can, I, I cannot think of another filmmaker who has covered more genres, types of films, documentaries, concerts, um, mm -hmm. music videos, documentaries, uh, dramas, remakes, sequels, 3D films, crime dramas. He's even made his, his religious dramas. You know, he's made a Jesus movie. Like, I, I don't know another filmmaker who has covered more ground than he has. It, it, if you can find him, like, let me know. I want to see that guy's movies. But I just don't think that you can really win the argument by not admitting that this this is the greatest living American filmmaker. Um, you may like blockbusters more, and then you're more of a Spielberg guy. Fine, but but like, you cannot deny Scorsese's body of work. I think I think it may be the most impressive in film. Um, it's 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 crazy. It's absolutely crazy that the guy goes from. Silence to the Irishman to this. Three distinctly different <laughs> three-hour films, three-plus-hour films in some cases, that all have something unique, interesting, and different to say from one another. Um, and, and that was from, you know, the ages of 71 to 81. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. So, Yeah. Wow. All right. Stepping off my soapbox here. I know this is a hot take. <laughs> all right. Most entertaining scene. Uh... I think it's on me, right? Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. So, entertaining scene. I've only seen the movie once, and obviously I was entertained by it, but entertaining scene is a little bit of a misnomer here because the movie is about such a dark subject. Um, but uh, honestly, I, I did have a scene that I thought was really, again, really interesting and something I hadn't seen exactly in this way. Um, the sequence where Molly's mother dies, and is met by some spirits and gets up and mm -hmm. walks away with them. I thought that was like an incredible, like beautiful scene in the middle of all of this kind of carnage and nastiness. Um, yeah. Such a touching moment. There was no score for it. It was very that. Simple. completely silent. Yeah. 
it, 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 you know, you didn't quite know what was going on until it hard cuts, and then you get the idea. And it, man, that that was that was just impressive. I was I was a big fan of that. I thought that was great. Yeah, I didn't have anything for this, but I'm going to piggyback on you because I yeah, that's a great scene. I mean, it, yeah, it's exactly what you just said. I mean, it's yep. zero vault, like nothing. It's just completely silent for about three minutes of this whole thing happening. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, I'm glad that we're talking about this with the context of the Scorsese shorts that we talked about earlier, because it's a small thing, right? And okay. It's a filmmaker. He's been working for, for, you know, five, six decades. He should know how to do this stuff by now. He should have ideas in his head, blah, blah, blah. But as you and I both know, like I've made short films. I'm, I was never as visually talented, nowhere near as, as like the greats. And, and the fact that he can still come up with ideas like this later in his years, and you know, visually get ideas across. He's he's just he's still vital. I can't I can't stop talking about it. I fucking love the guy. What do you want from me? So <laughs> he's, he's great. He's great. All right, um, we're gonna skip the TM because this is what's held up the best and the worst. And honestly, in a month's time, I don't know if we're in a position to talk about that. So let's just skip that one. Yeah, um, there's <laughs> you right, can't uh, age in a month. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> what, what do you want from me? Pete MC. Uh, best use of music in the movie. Did, did you have anything for this? That uh, it's the first song from Robert yeah. Jones. Stage Oil Bloom. Yeah, so we're Fucking, we're on. When yeah, he's we're on the same page. Yeah, he's driving it. It's just like, it gets you in it. It's like it's Scorsese to a T. You're like, yep, yeah, this is that kind of bluesy, kind of upbeat. Yeah, I fuck yeah. It it just got me like right into it. Like, yes, I'm fucking here. It's Scorsese. We got this Robbie Robertson score. I knew instantly it was Robbie Robertson. So yeah. Yep. Um somebody described it on a forum as it was almost like the Rolling Stones made a Native American score for a movie. And <laughs> oh, yeah, it's perfect. That, that kind of fit, you know. So I I really like that. I thought that was a nice way of describing it. Yeah, I mean that that was my pick as well. Um the only other thing I would mention is Throughout the movie, when they use that sort of like two note bass or, or like cello beat for for like dramatic notes, I thought that was a really nice touch. Um, but yeah, it's a good, it's it's an awesome score. The, I've oh, listened to the score too. two times, I think now maybe three. Uh, it's it's got a lot of nice moments, so it's it's very nice swan song for Robertson to go out on. So, um, all right, the PJ dynamite <laughs> drop in, Monty. The casting swap. Um, so for me, I think this movie's cast really well. I don't really have problems with anybody. I feel like so, you're going to steal mine. All right, just go. <laughs> well, this is more from the perspective of I would just like one more slightly higher profile movie star to be in the mix somewhere, you know? Um, so I was thinking through the characters, and I thought back to that same character I was referencing. I think his name in the movie is Kelsey Morrison. Um, but he is one of the guys who is tasked with burning the house down for, for Ernest. Um, or he's... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the guy who's like the safecracker. But he's he's the guy who's explaining like, oh, if the, it's either the wife or the kid. It's like, oh, if they die, will I get the inheritance? That guy. Yes. Right? Uh-huh. His name is Louis Cancel Me on IMDb. Okay. Okay. I just felt like that would have been a good place to just, just give me like one more movie star, you know, just, just like somebody in the background that like bolsters the cast a little bit and has a couple moments. Um, and I was trying to think of somebody who was sort of up and coming. He might be a little young for this role, but I don't know. I'd I'd like to see it. I was actually thinking Austin Butler here. Um, Mm. I, I like him in Elvis. I'm really interested to see the Jeff Nichols movie that he's in the bike riders. Um, Bike riders. Yep. And, and Which is apparently, it's no, keep going. Sorry, I just interrupted with a hot. It's apparently being shopped around right now. Disney's no longer releasing that movie. It's being what shopped out the studios. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Um. But I liked him in Elvis. He's going to be in Dune. He's he's got these like high profile projects coming up. I feel like this would have been a nice place to just like get him a little more exposure. You know and. And beef up your cast a little so that he, you know, you could put him in a De Niro, DiCaprio movie and, and then, you know, his profile goes up a couple rungs there. So if if it were sure. me, I, I would throw him in this movie and, and see what happens. I think he could pull that role off pretty nicely. Okay, so I went with uh, 
this year, this calendar year's best actor winner. I'm wanting to replace him in this movie. His name is Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser is W.S. Hamilton. I don't know. He, I feel like he's playing it. He's really hamming it up almost in this. Like uh, he's like yelling at him awkward. I don't, it just felt really. Uh, I don't know. It felt like out he's of place. In a different movie or something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I went with a former Scorsese and DiCaprio collaborator from 2006 Departed, Matt Damon. Matt Damon Ooh. in that role. It's just a it's just a two scene role. He came on, you know, did a quick quick one or two days of shooting, got it out of the way. I don't know. I, I feel like that's uh, a little more grounded or something. I don't know. Fraser really is hamming it up, it seems like, in that. And he's coming off the whale, which is like, he's really great in the whale. But yeah, yeah, it, it didn't do it for me in this one for some reason. I don't know what it was. Do you so, think that did. there would have been issues with the trailers if they had a Matt Damon and a Meth Damon on set on the same day? <laughs> oh, that's oh, I didn't even think about that. Mm, you're yeah. right. You're yeah, right, but... Issue. I don't think they shared scenes together, so All right. All maybe right. <laughs> it might work out. Who knows? But, uh, interesting, interesting. I, yeah, I mean, he's kind of the exact um, level of star that I think this movie could have used one more of. So that's a great pull. I like that a lot. But, um, all right, and then yeah, our uh, you know bonus credit. If you were going to swap anybody in this movie for a uh, binge staffer, uh, any ideas? Any thoughts? No, this is. I didn't write it down. I'm sorry. <laughs> I did right, not so, have this one. All right, so I got. I got one for you, and it, it's right. it's it's just a visual thing, okay? Because I'm not saying that he looks like the guy. I'm not saying he acts like the guy. <laughs> but if there's anybody that I want replacing the Jesse Plemons character, just so they could wear a giant ten gallon fucking cowboy hat. I want to see TM roll up with a sheriff's badge, <laughs> a belt buckle, and a bolo just here to do business. You know what I mean? So I would swap TM for uh, Meth Damon and see how that goes. Do you think he would be talking to the Osage and being like, I'm so jealous of your poops right now? <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't concentrate. I don't know. But yeah, I love it. I love it. I, w- I, need, to see t- I need to see Tom in a fucking cowboy hat now. Gotta uh, see this. Sneaky one, if you're still out there listening to this, you know what to do. So. <laughs> All right. Um, that kind of rounds it out here. Um, I say we give these, this thing a letter grade and let's get out of here. So, again, uh, the Scorsese shorts, I, I don't think we should rate those. I think that's just a recommend. Um, Killers, let me uh, let me throw it to you first. What, did, what are you going to give Killers of the Flower Moon? Man, after two watches, I think this is only going to go up for me. And to be... You know what? You can. Everybody can say, "Oh, this movie's too long." Then fucking don't watch it. Go fuck yourself. Go watch fucking seven hours of reality TV or something. Like, I, I, I hate that argument a lot of the time. This movie's too fucking long. Then don't fucking watch it. I don't know what to tell you. Like, if you can't put your phone away for three and a half hours and just focus on a fucking movie, then you're a lost cause. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. So I'm gonna go with an uh, first two watches. Man, this is tough. I'm gonna go with a. A very, very strong B plus mm. after two watches. I think this, it's going to creep to an A at least or an A minus. I can feel it, but it just feels weird after two watches giving a movie an A instantly. Like right, I don't know. I, it, it's tough, but that's where I am. Where yeah. are you at? Where are you falling at? Yeah. So one watch for me. So even less time than you. Um, I think that this falls into the category of movies that I I have a ton of respect for. But I don't know how many times I'm going to watch it. You know, I, I think it's a great movie. I, I cannot fault anything in it. But I do think that there's a difference between, you know, a, a favorite or a movie that you you feel like you have to say is your favorite for a status thing. It, it's like the, you know, mm-hmm. Spielberg's filmography. It's like there's Schindler's List and there's Jaws. Is Jaws better than Schindler's List? I don't know. But, like, I definitely hang out with Jaws a hell of a lot more. Um but Schiller's List is a fucking masterpiece, so I, I don't know what that means. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I think for me, I can't, I can't not give this an A minus at least. I just think that the 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 point of the movie, the message, the filmmaking, the acting, the score, um, it's too, it's of too high caliber for me to not give it an A. Um, I'll be interested to see what rewatches do for it. I, I, I think it will maintain. 
I, I, I don't know. It may go up. I'll have to see. But I think today is an A minus. So, love it. I think this year has been a pretty underrated year for movies, and this I think so. Yeah. This will easily this will easily be at the top there. I mean, it's going to be this and Oppenheimer at the Oscars this year, which. I'm pretty fucking okay with that because I love both of those movies. So. Right, right. Um, did you want to do Scorsese top five before we get out of here? Or do you just want absolutely. to scrap that? Absolutely, okay. absolutely. So, yeah, um, we were talking about this pregame, and, yeah, we uh, we both came up with a top five ranking for favorite Scorsese-directed films here. Um, I did scribble down a list. Um, yeah, you know what? I can rank these. So uh, you want to do it like we did the Burton one? We'll do five, five to one kind of thing? Yeah, five, five, yeah, let's do it. You, you want me to start? Uh, yeah, why don't you kick it off? All right, my number five, this movie has a, it's a pretty special place in my heart. I it, It's actually been a few years since I've seen it, though. Uh, it's Mean Streets. That was that's my number five. I, I that, This, I watched, I, Goodfellas was the first movie I saw of Scorsese, mm. and then I, I, I think, I, yeah, I watched Goodfellas, Taxi Driver, and Mean Streets all in the same weekend. Um, wow. And I, there was something about Mean Street for the first time. I remember I was probably like fucking, I don't even remember it at this fucking point, but I, I, I got on the De Niro Scorsese train and, uh, yeah, it's just the Harvey Keitel is great in it. It's, it's just, there's something about it. Early De Niro. It just, it's stuck with me. That's, that's mm. where I'm at. What are you for five? Uh, number five for me is, uh, after hours. Um, mm. it's, it's really risen uh, up the ranking for me. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's this weird little like genre movie. The stakes are way different than any other Scorsese flick. Um, it's weird. It's funny. It's got combinations of actors that go on to do like way more famous uh, things that you, like you would never expect to see them in this movie, but they're in it. Um, yeah, it's just it's a cool little flick. I, I like it a lot, man. After yeah. Hours is a, is a good time. So yeah. That's, that's Amazing fine. one sheet too. That fucking his little oh, head. Yeah. No, it's so fucking good. Yeah, this this movie. Um, if anybody out there who hasn't seen After Hours and thinks that it's like a minor work or something, I, I mean, it, it probably is in the, in the grand scheme of his filmography. But a lot of uh, film podcasts that I listen to, they they like. There are a lot of people who think this is Scorsese's best movie. So, just a little food for thought there. If you're on the fence about watching it, you definitely should give it a shot. Yeah, any American werewolf in London. Griffin Dunn. Exactly. Um, all right, number four for me. This was the first movie I ever built on film. I watched it twice in one night, so it also has a pretty special place in my heart. It's The Departed, 2006. Very nice. Um, yeah. yeah, I got to go with the DiCaprio movie as well, but uh, I'm, I'm going with The Wolf of Wall Street at number four. Um movie is fun as shit uh entertaining as all hell weirdly i think i've only seen it all the way through once believe it or not but really seen, yeah, yeah I, I i saw it in the theater once i saw like 80 percent of it one night at my uncle's house we were we were like having some drinks and we watched like 80 percent of the movie because it had already started and then i've watched pieces of it over the years and i love all the pieces and i quote it all the time but as far as like sit down start to finish yeah, I I think I've only seen it through once, but I've, I I kind of love that movie. It's just a good hangout movie. Legit, so rewatchable. It's my number three movie, so we can keep the conversation going. It's uh, it's it's just so infinitely rewatchable, man. It, it, all the time, even if you like, you're not watching the full movie. Like you can throw on twenty minutes at a time, and it's just like everything. It's just so electric. There's so much going on at all times. It's crazy. That the dude yeah. was 71 when he made the movie. I mean, it, the be, this is the best DiCaprio performance of all time, in my opinion. Like, he won the Oscar for The Revenant. He's really good in Killers, but it's just like, he's clicking on all cylinders in Wolf of Wall Street. It's it's just nonstop. The fucking Quaalude scene. I mean, oh, there's geez. it's so funny. So funny. He's such a just, like, unhinged in this movie. It's yeah, fantastic. Love it. Absolutely. What's your number three? Performance. Um, Absolutely. My number three is a film that I own a poster for that is signed by all of the principal cast members. Um, it is a film that is near and dear to the hearts of many mass holes, and it is The Departed. So we flip-flopped uh, uh, four or five there. But yeah, I, I love yeah. The Departed. I have watched it endlessly. I quote it all the time. Um, 
has one of my all-time favorite in-theater moments. Uh, yeah, it's a classic. I, I love The Departed. No bones about it. Nope. Same. I have the giant banner of Leo's character hanging in my basement. I fuck, awesome. Yeah, Departed's <laughs> fucking great. <laughs> movie's the shit. All right. Yep. My number two is a... It, did, oh, it was this the on, first uh, movie... Hold on, is it, are we on number two or three? I thought we were on three. Well, sorry, Wolf was my number three. Wolf was my number three. Oh, yeah, oh, that's you right. three, three and four. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Apologies. All right, so you have your three. Sorry, your three. Or was your three The Departed? Yeah, yeah, three was The Departed. Okay, yeah, sorry. Okay, I so. fucked that up. That's my bad. That's my bad. <laughs> you're good, you're good, you're good. Sorry. I just said this was my number three. All right, uh, this was the first movie I think we ever did on Movie Homework with you, Alex, and I. It is fucking Taxi Driver. Mm. It is, I love it so much. This is the movie that's like, De Niro is phenomenal all mm. across. The score is great. The Paul Schrader aspect of it. It's just, it's, I don't know. It's like comfort food almost for me. I hear the the fucking score for this movie and it just puts me in a great place. I, I yeah. love Taxi Driver so much. It's such a fucked up movie. Travis Pickle's such a fucked up character, but... This is my comfort food. I love Taxi Driver. Yeah. What is your number two? It's a classic. He's got. That's the thing about a guy like him. He's got so many classics. It's just like it comes down to personal preference at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Um, number two for me is by far the. Well, is it? Let me think here. It. I mean, it has to be. This is the greatest concert film ever made. The Last ah. Waltz. I love The Last Waltz. I listen to the, the, the soundtrack to this weekly, uh, in the summertime daily. Um, it's got the most electric performances from uh, Neil Diamond, a guy who I don't really listen to much at all, um, Dr. John, uh, 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 fuck, um, uh, oh my god, uh, Van Morrison, Bob Dylan pops up for a great performance. It's got one of the defining Neil Young performances ever. And the band themselves are so fucking electric in this. I mean, there are moments where Levon Helm is singing up on Cripple Creek, and he's you can tell he just he knows this is it. He knows this is the last time they're gonna play, and he's just giving it everything, you know. Robbie's on stage, he's playing his heart out, like the whole band is is as tight as they ever were. It's a great format for a concert film, weaving in the interview footage. Again, you get Scorsese in the film as a as a character, as himself. Um, yeah, The Last Waltz is is absolute fucking perfection. I I cannot say enough good things about this movie. So I have a confession to make. I just saw The Last Waltz recently, within the last like few years. Oh, so very nice. That was that was one of the Scorsese outliers for me, and. Uh... Yeah, I'd li- I I really like it as well. I, yeah, yeah, it's great. I mean, great it's it's movie. also it's it's my exact favorite era and genre of music. So it's I'm completely mm. in the bag for that movie. Yeah, that's right. That right up your alley. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. All right. Yeah, number one. Mm. Are we gonna have the same one? I, feel like I, I don't see how we can't. Right. It's fucking good, fellas. Top three movie of all time for me. It's. It, yeah, it, it's every it's it's Scorsese operating at every level. I mean, yeah. to everything about this movie, the score, the fucking pacing, the acting. It's it's just it's so fucking good. I, I can't yeah. I don't even know what I can even say about Goodfellas. <laughs> so, I used to say yeah. and I think I, I maintain this, that there are movies that I just I just call them perfect movies because I think they're completely unassailable. Like there's nothing you can't do anything differently. Like you, it's perfect. You, you can't do better. I think that this is a perfect movie. I think. Yep. I, it may not be a favorite of mine. I think Braveheart is a perfect movie. I don't know what else you do to make that movie better or change. You know. I, yeah. I think that the original Star Wars is a perfect movie. I mean, look at what it spawned. You know. I think Jaws is a perfect yep. movie. Goodfellas is a perfect movie. I, there's, there's nothing. There's not a moment of that movie. That feels like you are not on a roller coaster ride, and that's a movie about like, you know, crime bosses and like mafia underlings in in like the fifties. <laughs> it should not be as energetic <laughs> yeah, and awesome man. as it is, but it, it's it's yeah. such a it's like you said about Wolf of Wall Street. It's like such a young man's movie. Um, 
Yeah, full of energy and everything else. It's the movie that he should be remembered for. If if you have to boil it down to one, it's Goodfellas with a bullet. Like, no, it's for, for, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. And, I mean, it, it's the movie that's always made me wish I was Italian. Like, literally, I'm like, God damn it. Oh, fuck, <laughs> fucking parents. I was born well, to the wrong people. God damn it. Well, you know, it's the movie that makes just... me glad I'm half Italian. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that scene where where they're making the sauce, dude. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) you know how many times I've made sauce and I'm just, you know, I'm stirring it, I'm stirring it. You know, don't be be (laughs) too many pieces of sauce. I put two, three small onions. You get very upset, you know, all that stuff. It's great. It's great. There's just so much from it, too. Like, even to, like, the the little fucking, you know, the gifts, the fucking Henry Hill laughing. Fucking Ray Liotta, I said that almost fucking weekly. Like, it's just, there's so, yeah, there's so much good shit in this movie. It's just. Yeah, it's it is Scorsese, like it defines Scorsese, and it, it always will. Which is you know he's had such a fucking ridiculous filmography, but Goodfellas yeah. is the peak for sure, absolutely. And just you know, I, I think I could speak for the both of us, but just because there are movies that are not in the top five, it, it doesn't mean that they're not great movies. Uh, Raging the, Bull, absolutely. I, can, I mean, Taxi yeah. Driver you can't, you was left off it. of mine. You know, Silence I think mm-hmm. is a great movie that is understood. Into people, all right. That's all. I'm going to give you some credit here to people that have never read. I think Jack's review of Silence that he wrote for Binge Media back in the day is fucking amazing. Like, read that review. It's it's really good written review. I'm giving you some props. I, I think I texted you that a few years ago. I think it's great. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Excellent. So, Excellent. Yeah, I, I mean, there's that. so much, dude. Cape, Cape, I mean, Cape Fear is great. I mean, the, yeah, there's so many in his film. I mean, we could just fucking start naming them all, but like. Yeah. The dude's a the dude's a G for a reason. Like he he's he's cemented his himself in uh, film history. He's yeah, he's Scorsese. <laughs> so yeah, he's the man. Yeah. So I don't have right. much else to say. Well, we uh, we swerved on this episode, but I think it was justified, and uh, hopefully we salvaged what we uh, what we thought might not have been enough content. So that's, that's probably <laughs> absolutely the best, best thing we could have done. So all right, man. Good conversation. Um, as always, we uh, you know we want to tie this into a theatrical release coming out soon, and yes, you know schedules kind of screwed us over in this past one, but we're hoping to be out in a couple of weeks. So, uh, what, what's what's going to be in theaters then? What are we thinking? We're not hoping, Jack. We're going to be out in a few weeks. So, Yorgos Lanthimos has a new Yorgos Lanthimos has a new movie coming in to uh, screens called Poor Things, and to coincide with that, we're going to go back to his. Uh, I guess his first like American film, The Lobster, mm. right? And right after Dogtooth, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think this is a good. It'll be a good conversation piece. A lot of a lot of good shit here. So, yeah, excellent. The Lobster, The Lobster. All right, I'm excited. All right, man. Um, you can call in uh, to the other show, but you know what? Nah, don't do that. Just email us bingemoviehomework at gmail dot com uh, <laughs> with your suggestions and uh, thoughts, critiques, goods, bads, uglies, whatever you want to send. You can follow Binge Media at Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, and Facebook. And obviously the Patreon is up and running again. Five bucks a month gets you all the special commentaries that we're doing. Pete had done the uh, Spelloween shows for Halloween. He's doing something for Christmas, so stay tuned for that. And, uh, yeah, all the other good stuff we got going on. Chad, you got anything else for the people? Got nothing, man. All right. I'm saying peace. See you. Thank you for listening to Movie Homework. A Binge Media production. Follow the Binge Media Podcast Network at bingemedia.com, patreon.com slash binge media, or wherever you get podcasts. Got a movie suggestion? An award suggestion? Send us an email at bingemoviehomework at gmail.com. Binge Media.